0: Hey, welcome back. This is Modern Business Podcast, the podcast for franchise entrepreneurs and franchise intrapreneurs. Zach, we are on day number 16, and I I really think this tour flew by. Uh, We had a nice dinner last night. We went to Bourbon and Bones, by the way. And then where's dinner tonight?
1: Uh, Francine.
0: Francine. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we are still here in Scottsdale. We are at the headquarters of Massage Envy. And very excited. We've got a full house today. Uh, we also have Mr. Jake Fishman sitting in,
1: so shout out to Jake. Um, but anyway, Zach, top of the house announcements. Um, join the Text Club. I think that that's really the first thing. Uh, Ryan, as we've been saying on a couple on a couple of occasions, has been uh, is 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 willing to part with two hundred and fifty dollars of his own hard-earned money uh, to get people to sign up for this. So please. Uh, Make sure that you're doing that. Go to modernbusiness.com. That is M-O-D-R-N business.com to learn a little bit more about that. We'd love to hear from you all, you know, any new guests, any subjects that you want us to cover that you don't feel that we're covering enough. Um, You know, if you're interested in learning more about a brand that is actually coming on and
2: you aren't quite at that
1: point, uh, maybe even this brand, Uh, maybe, maybe if you're not at the point of wanting to reach out to them directly, but you want to ask some qualifying questions, that's what we're here for. So feel free to do that.
0: The other thing with the text club, uh, we'll drop the link in the show notes. Um, Other thing with the text club for registrations for Springboard and Young Conference, Mm -hmm. uh, Zach and I are doing work on preparing topics. And we're going to have a lot of great topics, a lot of great people. Registrations are well above where they were in 2019. So you can send topic recommendations there as well. And having that said, I think we should bring in our guests today. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we're really looking forward to, you know, having, you know, having these folks on and we've never actually had the pleasure of meeting any of them. So it's always nice to meet some new faces, especially when we didn't really have a chance to do that over the past uh, couple months here. So we have uh, three people and I'll go around the room. We, of course, have the CEO of Massage Ambient Beth Stiller with us. Uh, we also have the Chief Development Officer, Don Whetstone, with us as well. Then we also have what I learned today and what I think he learned last week, uh, the longest-serving uh, longest franchisee of Massage MB and the president of the Franchise Advisory Council, we have Sam Big. Well, thanks, everybody. Well, we're looking forward to having you all on. Um, I think that what I'd love to start with is just you know some context into how you guys all got involved with the brand. And I think what I want to do is I'll start with Beth, uh, and then we can go around the room
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been here just over five years and was incredibly excited to join a wellness business and a business that actually makes a difference every day. I worked with uh, Walgreens prior to this, uh, which of course is also a wellness business, but um, getting back into franchising for me was really important and being with a brand with such amazing reach and such an amazing difference day to day in people's lives was exciting and to be able to do it in a franchise model um, was just the icing on the cake. So it's been just over five years and was uh, moved into the CEO position, gosh, a year and a few months ago.
0: Which probably feels like five years.
2: Uh, Indeed. It was an interesting time to shift into that role from chief operations officer, or chief commercial officer was the title at the time, uh, to move into that in, I guess, November of uh, 19 and be in the helm and the seat for, what, three months before all of our lives changed was... uh, an interesting honeymoon period. <laughs> interesting honeymoon period, if you want to call it that. It was a crazy time, but uh, it was an interesting time for the brand. And, you know, I got to give it to our franchisees. It was a tough, tough year. Um, But it was an interesting time to come in as CEO because you really see what people are made of. And you really see uh, what an amazing brand this is to see our franchisees come together and get through it. We've been so pleased with the way uh, people have navigated. It was a not the first year in the role that I expected, but um, <laughs> one that was illuminating uh, is what I'll call it. And I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that.
0: Yeah, Sorry. but also it could be reinvigorating in some ways because a lot of businesses were completely shut down. But the, having the membership model is, I would presume, a big blessing. So Definitely revenues less- didn't go down to zero. But yeah, we'll pr-
3: dig into that more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to this organization a little less than five years ago. Um, Beth Stiller, who was a colleague of mine at Walgreens, uh lured me down to Scottsdale from mm-hmm. um, Illinois, which wasn't a hard sell. Yeah, I was going to say, what a hard sell. Not a hard market. sell.
2: The time of year you have those conversations is <laughs> very
3: important. strategic. <laughs> Seriously. We, ju- we just left uh, 27 degrees below zero ambient temperature in the Midwest, so it was a good timing. <laughs> uh, I spent 33 years with Walgreens, so this is actually my first venture into franchising. Wow um which is interesting my background at walgreens was uh, new store development Uh, so um, prototype development store layout merchandising and it was an area that um, at the time our ceo wanted to get better at we wanted to design better stores we wanted to actually get our format down to a format that was less costly still as effective uh, and also amp up the retail experience uh, in our clinic. So that was my forte. And I've loved every minute that I've
4: spent here for the almost five years.
3: Beautiful.
1: Sam?
4: Um, my name is Sam Biggs and I, I've been here forever. <laughs> 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 17 and a half years. And the way I got started, it was a neighborhood backyard barbecue. Nice. And I was new to the neighborhood and I turned to someone, introduced myself and It turns out his name was Sean Haycock. And he was one of the founders. Uh, He was a massage therapist. He's the guy that was the massage side of the business. And uh, he said, I just started a franchise called Massage Envy. And I said, you're kidding. Tell me about it. Because it wasn't a but a year before that I was laying on a massage table and said, I wish I could figure out how to make this business work. And so I came up here to Scottsdale and met with them. And about three months later, signed a check, and it's uh, been a journey ever since.
0: Yeah, and really, you guys pioneered the industry at, 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 you know, the membership model of the industry, helped professionalize it, and all of those things. And so I, I want to ask just general State of the Union, And kind of alluded to it prior when I hopped in and interrupted you, but, um, you know, we just lived through a super tough time, just Share, we'll start with you, Sam, just share your experience as a franchisee. I know that corporate rallied and supported and did a lot of great things to, to help get everybody through, but just share the state of the union today. Are you, are you seeing,
4: uh, you know, are you seeing business bounce back? How, how is it today? Uh, yeah, that was a crazy year. I, I tell you what, at the end of March, when I laid off 200 employees, my heart sunk. I was like, I, what in the world is going to happen? And so, over the past several months since then, as we've reopened and rehired and started coming back, and um, it's been definitely a team effort. Uh, the franchisor giving us help in a lot of ways, uh, government giving help in a lot of ways, and now here we are today. I have one location. We're we're kind of focused on getting back to 2019 levels. I have one location above 2019 already. I have one location, maybe 2% off. I have about three locations in that 90% and one uh, at the 80% range. So every location is trending up month over month. So I'm very optimistic about getting back to that and returning to our normal levels.
0: That's incredible. And Jake over here should probably become a customer because he recently hurt hurt his hip. And as we saw when we walked in, uh, body work makes the body work. (laughs) So Beth, want to get your perspective, state of the union. I think that, you know, moving forward and tying you into it, moving forward, I think, you know, what we just lived through probably proves out the business model even more. And I think that, um, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, looking to get into something different. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities. But from your perspective, State of the Union.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, we're seeing a lot of, you know, what Sam kind of shared where our business is getting very close to our 2019 levels. I think the only thing holding us back is probably a conversation you have every day, which is around labor, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how do we how we? there. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting there. And, and, and every day we see it come back, um, but it's a really competitive marketplace. So our franchisees are spending a lot of time right now saying demand is not the problem. There is ample demand, uh, frankly, more than we can meet right now. So that's great news. I think you know the if you can think of a silver lining of the pandemic it was people really focusing on wellness and their bodies and understanding how to take care of themselves better we saw a lot of people doing the DIY from that perspective uh-huh. right trying to work out at home and you know in the skincare space DIY facials at home but people are ready for some help and i think more than ever we're seeing people dedicated to putting a routine in place to take care of themselves and so that's really benefited our franchisees as everybody reopened um, we're seeing more and more people interested in membership and the vast majority over 90 percent, of our members stuck with us and uh, that just is a testament to the membership model of course but more importantly i think to the relationships that franchisees and their teams have with each of the members, it's such a personal business, um, so I think that's been that's been wonderful to see. We anticipated that that might be the case, but to see it prove out in the numbers has been great. So we're getting pretty darn close to our two thousand nineteen levels, which has been amazing. And and if if we can work through this labor um, challenge that everybody is going through, and we're making progress on that every day, it's going to be a fantastic year next year, because I think we've seen some. Uh, consumer behavior that's has changed and I think is going to stick. So the wellness industry is a great place to be for a prospective franchisee thinking about what area do I get into. Um, I think we actually see the pandemic accelerating growth over the next few years in our area.
0: Yep. I completely agree. And to echo what you said, I know my therapist by name. I did never even considered canceling my membership for the... I live in Texas. And yes. so for, I don't know, it was two and a half or so months that things were kind
3: of really closed down. But do want to add anything from your perspective? Well, it was a quiet first half of the year from a, a sales standpoint of selling uh-huh. uh, franchises. The phone wasn't even ringing. I mean, everybody was just hunkered down and we did, too. We we were cognizant of cash issues down at the franchisees. We didn't require any of our normal required refreshes as as stores come of age. Uh-huh. We required them to go through a bit of a uh, re-imaging uh, new branding, and we stopped that completely. Uh, but it was interesting. The phone started to ring about mid-year, I'd say July, August, where uh, without any particular campaigning on our side, uh, we start to see some people feeling like we're going to come out of this, and soon, and they started to um, inquire about our model, and knowing the membership model is what it is, and um, um, we haven't stopped, I mean, we're, we're selling licenses uh, today at you know, levels that we haven't seen before. So it's been great. Uh, the wellness play for sure, it plays well into that. Uh, the membership model uh, plays into it and the service, it's Amazon proof, you know, that that's kind of what we sell here is that it's not something that you're gonna have to worry about e-comm uh, coming in and taking away. It's a, it's a personal experience and we sell the experience. Yep.
1: So I wanted to you know just to give context for people, you know, how many locations do you guys have
3: open today? Eleven thirty. Yeah,
2: call it well, in the neighborhood of eleven thirty, in forty nine states. If we have anyone interested in Wyoming, we would love to open a location. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that I have to say forty nine states every time just kills me. So we we
3: um, have a prospect.
2: Uh, perfect. Thank you,
3: Don. I'm very
1: OCD, so that would kill me, too. I totally, I, I, I totally understand. You have my brother nodding over there because he grew oh, up Oh, it's the
2: head. worst when you put it on a map Then you've got that one oh, you have that color. one that's grayed out that you
1: just like d- ignore that. It's fine. Exactly. Um, But, you know, I'm kind of I'm interested to get into another subject as it relates to, you know, operations, because I think that, you know, what you guys have done with the membership model, you really revolutionized as Ryan mentioned, you know, the way uh, that you know, massage is done, and you really brought it to the masses all across America. I mean, I know that the first time that I ever got a massage was in when I was in a massage envy when I when I was when I was, got how old were we when we were in Park City? Probably, 13, 14, something like that. I'm not a massage guy. I found out after that, and had nothing to do with anything aside from the fact I just don't like when people touch me. But he loves it, so <laughs> you know. But it, he 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 goes all the time. But I'll say this, you know, as it relates to you know. My point is, is that in the forty-nine states, I'm sorry. Hopefully, we get to fifty. Um, but we you know, in in saying that, I, I'm I'm curious to understand. You know, as somebody who was in the operational world before, and then we have somebody who is uh, obviously in the weeds each and every day. Um, how are you guys ensuring that people are being held accountable? Really, right? Like, how are you ensuring that all of these things that are happening within. And we, you know at the corporate office how are we making sure that sam's team is able to carry out that vision and anybody else across the across the country is there anything you guys are using any tools that have been helpful in doing that because the scale that you guys have is obviously enormous
2: sure i mean i'm happy to to jump in and then sam you can you can counterpoint if you like <laughs> <laughs> it's always interesting to hear the franchisees perspective um not to you know, use the term that everybody will use, but technology is, is a uh-huh. fantastic enabler. So in a business like ours, as you can imagine, um, it is such a personal business. And that experience in a massage room um, with a therapist and a client is so important. And it's important for every member and every guest that comes into location to feel comfortable and safe and ensuring that we have the process and the systems in place to support that super important it's the most important thing for the brand and so making sure that technology enables um, all of that is important because I mean 200 people right Sam, you've got a large staff, our multi-unit operators have hundreds of employees and hundreds of service providers making sure that they're all licensed every year, checking Mm -hmm. licensure, checking background checks, ensuring they've done the proper training, so ensuring that they're all compliant, in air quotes, right, to the the brand standards um, with thousands across the country is important. So we've invested a lot over the last few years in technology and systems to help with that. because. Um, there's nothing more important than ensuring that that is done well and that is done confidently um, from a brand protection standpoint. So uh, systems to do that have been put in place to help franchisees make sure that those things are, are you know, never, never slip. Uh, and then I'd say um, the same thing using technology, especially over the last year and a half. I think we've all learned how using technology to train um, and think differently about the way that people learn has been really important. And so uh, we've just recently relaunched our learning platform and uh, helping folks access learning digitally uh, and leaning in that space a little bit more, knowing when. It can be virtual. Knowing when uh-huh. it needs to be in person is really important, and we're leaning into that a little bit more. So, uh, using using all of the technology that we've put in place to allow that to be the case has been has been really important. Sam, I don't know if you've got counterpoint, yeah. counterpoint to any of those. No, no
4: counterpoint, but um, from a franchisee perspective, compliance is really important because mm-hmm. <laughs> you you want to be in good standing all the time and so i would i would say it's it's in addition to technology it's also people so for my end i'm looking at reports all the time that tell me and, you know, is everyone t's crossed eyes dotted um, is everyone compliant with the training and with all the all the things we can measure but then in addition to that we have what some regional people that work for corporate that also help us to make sure we're watching the reports and we'll come into the clinic and make sure those systems are in place and more from a supportive role than a, you know, a policing role. uh, They're really just advocates to help us be successful there. So, so we, I would say there is technology and then there's also people involved that we talk to on a regular basis to make sure we're not missing anything.
0: Yep. And I want to I want to go back to something that we've already kind of teased out, which is the labor issue. I I think that I think that we're just in a tough environment for the obvious reasons with, Mm -hmm. you know, incentives and and, uh, the ability for folks to not have to go back out to work yet. I think it's just a timing issue. It's a great you know, it's it's not a fun problem to have, but it's a great thing that the consumer demand is there. And so as that bounces back, it's going to be a beautiful thing. But what are some of the things, Sam, that you, you are doing? I know there's no secret, you know, secret sauce or silver bullet. I think it's just probably, you know, treating people right and and doing some of the obvious things. But is there anything that you're doing on the recruitment side to help kind of solve the challenge?
4: I'm spending a lot more time in massage schools. Mm. Um, that has been something uh, just kind of recently, but it's already paid off. Uh, we used to have a recruiter that did that. And uh, I think when I showed up, it was a whole different feel. It's like, oh, you're the owner. And, uh, and so I, I, I just feel like I'm connecting more with the students before they leave school. Um, we've started supporting the schools in some ways that we didn't before, like food pantry items and um, scholarships. And so I I feel like over the last few months, I've gone into the schools more and really dove in there and tried to create personal relationships with all the schools that are around my clinics. I think that's something I haven't done. I haven't done it for 10 years. I did it in the beginning and then I went away from it. Now I'm getting back to it because I think that's really where success is going to be
2: found.
0: Yeah, hand, hand to hand, getting out in the community, there's nothing, there's nothing that could replace that. Gorilla recruiting. smart approach.
2: Well, and I think that what's interesting and, you know, as I talk to franchisees from around the country is there's the short term game right now, right, which is how do you bring people back? And of course, you're probably hearing it across lots of brands with sign on bonuses and referral bonuses and scholarships. And, and that's kind of table stakes at the moment. For me, what's going to be more important and where Sam is a perfect example where uh, things make a difference is most employees aren't going to leave a great culture and a great environment for a buck, right? So compensation always has to be fair, but what's more important, especially when you think about therapists, is the connection of the therapist to Sam and to his manager and to the therapist in the break room that they share. And so creating culture is something that is in our business in particular, I think more important than ever before, because people want to feel that sense of community. And as they come back, and they find their way into break rooms, and they find their, themselves together again with people, uh, the culture that happens in, in Sam's locations are is second to none. And uh, that'll be the long term game, right is it's, you know, people will trade employees, you know, across, you know, food brands or within the massage space, but, people will stick where they feel like they're part of a family and and in a business that is so personal. And so based on that connection, uh, being able to create that in locations is what's important. So when we talk to prospective franchisees, we remind them, depending on their background, that this is a personal business and the culture you create is the teams you build and the teams you'll keep.
0: Yeah. I've got to think that, you know, it would have really sucked to go through this without a franchisor to support and there, I'm sure there's a ton of independents out there that uh, this has been really hard, and you know, maintaining their book of business. It might be easier and better just to go join a team. And so, I, I think that I think that this is just a time thing, and, and it's short term, like you mentioned. Um, before I babble on too long, Zach, do you have another topic? Or yeah.
1: So I think that you know, based off of hearing this, I think that one of the advantages of being you know with Massage envy is that you guys clearly have, you know, those multiple revenue streams that are gonna keep people coming back. And, you know, we actually noticed while we were sitting in here. Um, you know, when we were sitting in that other room that you guys do stretch and we didn't even know that actually. So I'm curious, you know, Don, from your perspective, when you're talking to people and they're asking you about, you know, the reasons why I should be, you know, taking the leap, you know, talk a bit about the multiple revenue streams that you guys have and you know how why that's important and you know what some of them are for those that don't know. Uh, if you wouldn't mind doing
3: that, sure. Well, we've been traditionally a, a massage therapy mm-hmm. uh, shop, and I'll be honest with you probably one of the biggest uh, areas of <sighs> growing business is actually that of skincare, where you find more many of our members and guests come in and didn't even know we had that uh, service. Um, And uh, we built not only a a service offering around it, a very profitable service offering, but also a very profitable retail offering that goes home with them as Mm -hmm. well. And that's kind of what we kind of came in on the front end is amplifying that retail experience in our lobby to get the incremental um, transaction basket as we used to call it in Walgreens,
0: higher. Well, you even do that here in corporate. We saw the the retail display as yep. we walked in the door. It looks really nice. It's
3: all about retail. We try to get that in front of everybody. We try to amplify it by lighting it up, uh, very department store, high end department store like, mm-hmm. and and uh, mimic that experience. Uh, but it's really uh, up to the franchisee and all of the the front desk associate, the estheticians, even the therapists. You know, you're in. in Having a um, massage to recognize and play up the fact that there's additional services that you can come in and again build that member basket. Um, those uh, those coming into the brand, new to the brand, uh, are if if they have that sales DNA that we look for to sell membership and to be um, gregarious about their uh, pushing the different uh, services. Um, mm-hmm. They'll be highly successful. There's no doubt about it. When they can communicate and love the service offerings that they have, if they have that DNA in them, they will be a successful franchisee, hands down. Yeah, Sam, Sam has,
0: or
4: go ahead. I was just going to add to that. I, when you say skincare, skincare is coming back really strong this year. In my clinics, at least, we've broken records on our skincare pre 2019. Everything. Uh, and in both retail sales of skincare products as well as services in skincare. So I'm, I've been really excited about the skincare side of the business.
0: Yeah. W- one of the questions I want to ask you, Sam, is obviously uh, one of the best ways to get back to previous levels across all of your locations and shatter past it is being able to convert members when they come in and you mentioned that you're looking for that kind of that sales DNA. So what are some of the ways that you have found that have been most effective to help either train the staff or just to get those conversion numbers up and then also, you know, how are you, how are you re-engaging the, the past folks that, you know, maybe they have come in but they never converted to membership? Uh, and maybe they had a membership, and now is the time for them to become a member again. How are you going about conversions and then also
4: in, engaging folks
0: to get them back?
4: Uh, for the conversion side, it's all about caring about the person for who they are and meeting them at their, every individual has a totally different need that they come in with. And so <clears throat> it's just about listening to them, caring about them. We kind of tell the our sales associates front desk drop the sales pitch and listen and just connect with them and see what they need and how does what we offer fill in that need and if you can just kind of forget about trying to make a number and just try to solve problems for this customer Mm -hmm. then they they just kind of relax and they can do a lot better and the customers relax because nobody wants to come in and be pitched to. And so we're just trying to make it a, a pleasant experience where it's more conversational and we're just listening and solving things, not pushing things. Yep. Yep. Um, as far as re-engaging old members, um, text messages, phone calls, drip campaigns, just trying to stay connected because everyone that's not coming in right now, some of them are coming in because they're afraid. We've made personal calls to members who we haven't seen to make sure they Recognize we've got safety protocols in place to keep everything safe, um, and try to make them feel comfortable. We've even gone to the point where we had a customer come in when no one else was in, so that they could have an experience wow. and feel comfortable trying it again. And um, and so and the, and once they get that experience and they see it, they usually come out and say, "Yeah, you know what? Everything's." really well put together you guys are following all the safety protocols i'll start coming back so that's um that's just you know just trying to stay in touch with them and let them know it's safe and when you're ready we're ready
2: and just at our level pardon me sam the one thing that that we do behind the scenes and and our scale and the investments in technology over the last few years have become really important now that we're leveraging them is being able to dissect that data and dive in and understand how many of sam's clients have not come in the members haven't come in or how many of them froze their memberships during COVID, right Mm -hmm. couldn't get couldn't get access locations were closed and how many of them now uh, need a reminder and so There's a bit of a what's old is new again, right? So going back to good old direct mail in some instances for those people that used to be members that aren't anymore. So we've created an entire program for franchisees to select how do you want to engage in those lapsed members? How do you want to unfreeze people and how do we use our data to go find them where they want to be? Found right with the right message at the right time. So um, CRM campaigns that are very targeted and mm-hmm. based on what we know about people is is really really important and, and a really efficient and cost effective way for us and to super to drive easy it.
4: for me. It's like do you want option <laughs> right. A, B, or C of this re engagement. Oh, I'll take B That's and then awesome. right. just do it.
2: <laughs> but the idea that direct mail is is on everybody's plate again um, mm-hmm. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But you find when you do it right for the right segment with the right message it's surprisingly cost effective and efficient. Um, so using the data, I think that's that's the biggest thing is, is using the data to get the right message to the right person uh, has been important and I think has been a real big part of our rebound.
1: Yeah. So diving into that a little bit further, you know, using the data that you guys most certainly have just due to the scale of the brand, as you kind of mentioned, you know, is there, you know, any methodologies you guys have been testing that maybe you haven't had a history of doing I mean we've been on with people and they've talked about they've, they've talked about doing some type some texting campaigns we've been on with people where they do try a value add or or a promotion that they've never tried and data tells them that it's gonna work and they're like you know what like this is the time we are able to capitalize on so many new people that you know maybe otherwise you know brand loyalty has just changed I guess is the point and so people are trying things so if you guys, delved into any of those, you know, anything innovative or or new that you've never done before uh,
2: at all? Yeah, and and there's probably a lot of those examples. We've got a new CMO on board who joined us in October in Mm -hmm. the midst of... um, Covid, if you can imagine, but that's a fun time to join. She has been, uh, yeah, Julie Carey has been an incredible addition to the team, and and franchisees are having um, a great time getting to know her and learning how she can help our business in in new and different ways. And she comes from hospitality, so when you think yep. about, um, you know, hotel room availability and uh, flexible pricing and and the complexity that the hospitality industry has had in using their data to really optimize every room at every hotel. Um, It's obviously a little different for us, but some of those principles Julie's brought into our business to say, okay, especially right now in a time when you've got limited availability, right, Mm -hmm. because you've got such incredible demand and the labor force is just coming back, um, when is the right time to serve up a message to someone? When is not the right time to serve Uh up? Whether it's a specific person or a market and really understand um, down to a zip code, when is the right time, is is something that we're getting much better at. And uh, geofencing and understanding supply and demand by DMA and by specific market Mm -hmm. is really important. So I think more than anything, deciding where you're going to spend your marketing dollars right now and how you're going to spend them is um, most important. We want to make sure that every dollar that gets spent on behalf of franchisees from a marketing perspective is spent effectively and we get the best return. And so Julie's been uh, an incredible asset in terms of using the data in in new and interesting ways. So there's probably dozens of examples of the way she's applying her expertise from hospitality into into this business.
0: That's exciting. Um, Sam, I wanna ask you another question. I'm just thinking through what the audience would like to hear. We have a lot of prospective franchisees that listen in. We we were at dinner the other night and we we learned this was, re- this was really with, good. with a private equity friend, very good friend of ours, and he said, you know, the podcast. It, like I sent a, a friend an episode and he bought like an eight pack of a brand. <laughs> Goodness I'm gracious! Like, so we'll, where, where is our cut? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll we'll do a side Send deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the ideal perspective franchisee and have you speak to them in a moment. But one thing I want to ask you for the single unit operator. That is, is eyeballing and 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 they're saying you know what now might might be the right time for me to go on offense and and grow whether they're acquiring or um, you know maybe they're in your brand or maybe they're in another but what advice do you have for a single unit operator that wants to go build out more of what you've built you know you're do you have a s- six locations you have a couple hundred of employees it's very impressive you've learned a lot along the last seventeen years so what advice do you have to to that.
4: To the single unit operator that wants to expand, yes. Um, <clears throat> my advice to them is do it first off, because uh, when you can when you can grow your business, you start to see um, efficiencies of scale, which everyone knows and expects to see it, but it is a reality. It's a reality. When you get to a certain size, you can share resources. Uh, it you know from from front desk team so. Uh, in our communications with each other, front desk, hey, someone called out, can anyone help cover We've got five other locations that can jump in and help out. Um, To therapist sharing, to marketing spread where you're spending your dollars, you're getting the efficiencies of it covering more clinics than just one. So my advice to them is to make a plan and see how your growth will start to affect your efficiencies. And from my perspective, Uh, getting to four was a critical number for Mm -hmm. me I loved when I got to four and uh, and then I went five and six but uh, four was a really important number because that's at the point where I could hire a right-hand person with me that really helped in the operations and that raised the level of our experience for the customers our experience for the employees everything raised at that point so go for it get to four
0: like to have you speak to the the interested franchisee, or you know, even if you want to talk to the ideal folks that you're looking for, maybe out in Wisconsin, um, <laughs> Wyoming, or excuse me, Wyoming, more in Wisconsin too, but also <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I'm I've, here for. I've never been to Wyoming, actually. I should probably go. We, should, we need to go ski at Jackson. Let's just go Hall. to Jackson Hole. Let's do it. Let's do it on FSN I think I think we have a territory
3: <laughs> available there when you go. Nice. So speak speak to the folks that that may be interested in, in that. Um, well, I'll be honest with you, we're getting a lot of interest for multi packs um, that want to dive in and buy five, seven locations, and mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with that. But I always um, um, implore them to open up their first clinic and run it. Just like Sam did, you know, open that clinic, get familiar with the operation. It's, it's not a QSR, uh, concept. It's, um, it's employed by professional therapists and estheticians. It requires a front desk associate that needs to be amazingly empathetic with uh, the guests that are coming in. And it takes time, you know, and you have to get your, your mojo, if you will, on on your first clinic. So when I, when I sell multi-packs to the perfectly empathetic, gregarious sales, dna uh franchisee, uh, we set out a development schedule. So that they wean themselves into the brand and then they go hog wild, you know, because once you have that and you have your operational uh, field in place, sky's the limit. You can you can own as many as you would like.
1: Yep. So I want to transition into something um, that I always like to ask, especially with brands that are that you need to have that empathy. I mean, all brands in franchising really should. But I think that. When you're dealing with somebody's wellness, I think it's extra important, you know, to have that, to have that edge in that way. And so, we talked a little bit about hand-to-hand combat, proverbially speaking, in terms of trying to recruit new employees. And so, I'm curious, you know, another way that I'm sure you guys really had to get grassroots with, as as people are starting to come back um, into the fold again, as people are starting to leave their houses, uh, is really through social. I'm sure you guys probably did a lot of work on social media to be able to not only foster that, you know, that sense of community, but also it was a way for you all, you know, on a a, a local level and on a more macro level to be able to, you know, try to get people to really come back and be comfortable again. There are ways that you guys are trying to get them familiar with the brand if they've never heard of it. You know, we mentioned before, there were a couple things that you know, we wish that people knew more about that you guys do, but they don't, and so that's a really great way to authentically educate people on that. So, anybody can speak to that. Really, we can get it from a from a corporate office perspective, then also from you in terms of ways that your team may be using it. But just curious on the social
0: and, media. And also to share the story, right? So, like every therapist, like they from from what I've found, what I've found through my, I've been a member for many years, but. You know they really feel like they're making an impact and there's opportunities to share those stories mm-hmm. online and and through social and all all the rest so what say you
2: yeah I'll, I'll give you from from the support center perspective sort of what we did but some of the things that happened in locations spoke to exactly what you were talking about that personal connection of the therapist because there was so much anticipation for the therapist to get back and help because they knew how much people needed them more than ever, right? Coming out Mm -hmm. of this more than ever people needed to get that connection with their therapist back. So we had an interesting tipping point because there was a number of months as around the country, locations were closed for a different amount of time. Um, The sentiment was different if you're in the Northeast versus if you're in the Southeast, right? In terms of being comfortable to come back. And so we leaned heavily and created a lot of social content around safety and around um, um, you know, all of the things that franchisees were doing in the location and all of the things we had done at a larger scale to make it safe and visuals and video content that that helped explain that. So that was really important. But some of the best social content that I saw um, was when franchisees actually went to their teams and created content that welcomed people back, that they could send out to their membership base, that showed their therapist with a welcome back sign. And at so, uh, that And and these pictures just showed the the personality and a snapshot of that therapist that was so eager to see you again. We did lots of great things. I'll say, if I do say so myself, corporately <laughs> to to bring people back and to tell that story. But there is nothing like a franchisee and their teams telling that story directly. So, Sam, I don't know if you have any feedback, but that's what was inspiring me. I saw for me. those
4: franchisees that did that, oh, and I loved amazing. it. Amazing. And I'm horrible at social media, so. <laughs> but I saw those posters and everything, and I I thought that was fantastic. For for me, I'm. Uh, I'm a social media reject, and so I I spent my time just on the phones. We called people, talked to them. The ones that weren't coming in, we made personal phone calls to them just to touch base with them, And, and then we just leaned on corporate to provide the messaging through all the social media channels, which they did way better than I personally could have.
2: And there was that moment where it switched from safety, safety, safety to it's time to get back right? You, you need it now more than ever. And we did some research early in the year that showed us how much more people needed to get back and what the pandemic had done to their bodies and their mindset around how they felt about themselves. And they, they told us that massage was one of the most important things. This is a general population survey that massage was one of the top things that was going to help them get back to feeling like themselves again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a moment where people actually didn't You know, hearing about the safety protocols wasn't their primary kind of Mm -hmm. motivator anymore, but it was, I've spent a year over a year kind of depriving myself of the things that make me feel better. And we need them now, more now than ever. And we see that, we see people uh, coming in and behaving differently than they did before opting for not only our core skincare, but our enhanced skincare services, enhance enhancing their services more than ever before extending to 90 minutes more than ever before. So people were pent up and, and it was those messages, you know, once we got through the safety that, um, when we thought about what we did socially, we we could see the engagement on those types of posts start to pick up.
3: Yeah, I would. Uh, have, I, I wanted to add on to something that Sam said because it adds to, you know, who who do we look for uh, as prospective franchisees? I mean, if I could clone Sam and go find all the Sams that are left out there, we'd go do that. But the point that he made about the phone calls is is truly the entrepreneurial spirit. It's not in a playbook. It's it's just good business. So when you get on the phone and call people, even on the front end of the pandemic, and say, "Hey, you know, wh- uh, give you the option to do whatever you want with your membership. We're here for you. We know you're," and, and just talk to them. It's it's sort of the you brought up Beth the idea of family mm-hmm. within the clinic. The membership is the extension of that family, and when you treat it as such, you're you're going to have a business that's going to survive through COVID and then come back better than you ever were in 2019. It's the secret sauce.
0: Yep, yep, that's a beautiful thing, Um, Beth. I want to ask you, um, you know, as we, I don't know how the years. Going by so quickly, it's crazy. This 4th um, of
1: July in like a week and a half. I know. I, know.
0: I was getting, um, I got, a. I think, an Instagram message from one of my family members. We always have this big 4th of July thing. She said, are you coming up to Uncle Joel's for our, we, literally like 100 people typically in previous years would come to this big fish fry and we do the whole Hicks family reunion thing. And I was like, it's almost 4th of July. It's crazy. Yeah. But major initiatives. You know, throughout the rest of this year and maybe a little beyond, what are your top focuses? What are you focused on?
2: Yeah, as we as we come out of the pandemic, you know, my number one focus is franchisee success and franchisee profitability. So continuing to look at ways to take advantage of this great you know uh, demand, right? And and how do we make sure that our marketing is so dialed in that we're understanding um, exactly how to spend those dollars most effectively to take advantage of the demand, and then on the other side. How do I help franchisees ensure that they have the most profitable business? And we're actually working with a number of franchisees on exactly that topic. How do we dial in franchisee profitability even more than ever before? So there's a lot of work happening behind the scenes on, you know, the nuts and bolts of the business to make sure that um, pandemic gives you a chance to clear the deck and say what's really important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what are the things that are really going to drive this business? So... Ensuring that every location across the country is the you know preferred place to work in this business is super important. So focusing on the therapist population is is an important one for us, and uh, taking a look at at our our suite of offerings. Right, we don't want to throw everything out there. It's important for us that um, Massage Envy is about results for people. We want them to walk out feeling like their time was well spent and it's put them in a better place from a health and wellness perspective. So from a skincare stretch, massage, looking at incremental services that extend that and help deliver more. Um, There's lots of, if you look at skincare, there are a million and one trends out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ones that we'll go and and explore and launch, and we'll have some of those upcoming over the next year are going to be the ones that are clinically proven that work that are proven and that our franchisees know that have been tested, piloted, and are you know ready for prime time. And so, we won't throw it all at the wall. We'll throw the right things into the mix that help to expand that experience. So, there's a constant kind of in the background innovation pipeline that's that's running. Uh, but what what's most important for us now is to maximize on this demand and make sure that uh, every location is operating as efficiently as possible and that we give them the tools to do that.
0: Beautiful. Um, Sam, I want to ask you something just for, you know, we have all types of people that tune in to the show and, and maybe it is an interested franchisee or, or that that's listening. Um, talk a little bit about your work. You're on the advisory council, correct? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about your, your work with that um, and maybe just very quickly explain kind of what you're focus is and and the the responsibility that comes with that and what you guys do okay um
4: i i I think i've been on for (laughs) three years now (laughs) (laughs) i I lost a year somewhere last year um but uh it's an elected position and but with representation across the country so we don't end up electing everyone from the southeast or something. Mm-hmm. So there's people from all over the country and we are a national franchise advisory board and we do just exactly that. We, we have phone calls and we have meetings and our job is to advise the franchisor of what franchisees are looking for, what we want. And so um, uh, I, get a, I get a weekly call with Beth every Thursday morning. Um, And we, uh, along with two, my vice president and secretary, we just get to say, hey, this is what's important to us right now. And, And then we will communicate, work together, and we get assigned projects. So it might be, hey, we're thinking about this new innovation service Uh, Would you guys help us in testing, providing feedback? And so we will be part of those committees to help provide feedback on how it's going and how, if we decide it should roll out, you know, what kind of resources do we need? What should we pay attention to? Um, I share, I'm in a testing of a new service right now, and I'm sharing profitability numbers. This is what it's looking like for us. This is how we're growing. So we do um, really a lot of feedback and debating on what we should be focused on going forward so it's been a fantastic board i'll uh, I'll tell you that and and um every time we come meet here we usually meet here once a quarter we have access to the entire c-suite team anyone that needs to be in that room will be in that room and um it's candid open discussion about what do we need to do to move this brand forward for both franchisor and franchisee. Um, That's awesome.
3: I I love that. From the franchisor standpoint, we also have access to them. So as I develop um, new facilities or ideas on how to uh, make it more efficient in the clinic, whether it be a piece of furniture, or um, I always have access to them and I can literally front and center the idea with them you know, sort of uh, pressure test it. Um, and it helps us um, improve and quicken the development cycle associated with all of that innovation.
1: Yeah, I think that that's obviously really, really important, you know, and I think that the last question I want to ask you guys and I think it may even be the most important one and I'm going to pose it to Don here where can people go to learn more if they would like to be in, if they would like to open up a Massage
3: Envy near them in Wyoming hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you can
2: have a run on Wyoming
3: all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, Massageenvy.com go right to our website right down at the bottom is uh, if you're interested in owning a franchise uh, you'll get all the information there it'll put you directly in contact with my uh, director of sales, and she will step you through the process. It's a fairly easy, um, although rigorous, uh, process that we vet, we want only the best. So, uh, that's how you do it. Beautiful.
0: And then one last, one last question. Um, just get a quick personal flavor outside of business. We just lived through the pandemic. It's a crazy time and we can get out, um, but we were stuck in, but what do you like, what do you, what do you like to do outside of business? Start with you.
2: Uh, well, what wasn't shut down during, especially in Scottsdale, uh, during pandemic was golf. So um, <clears> try <tried> to. <throat> nice. I'm. I still am no good, but I'm getting a little bit, but marginally better. Uh, so that was a pandemic-friendly thing that I got to to do on the weekends. So nice um,
0: outdoor activity. Nice outdoor and a activity. a lot of good golf courses out here.
2: There, there yeah. is no shortage. And getting, getting back, at, just getting back out um, amongst people has been so great. Being able to, you know, yesterday I was back out into clinics on the East Coast. Amazing. Amazing to be back in with the teams and locations and getting that connection back feels fantastic.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing that kept me sane during the uh, quarantine was mountain biking. I could just ride out into the desert and no mask on and that that kept me sane. But I have to agree, uh, the thing that I just uh, was so yearning and starting to get back in was back out in the clinics. Uh, traveling again and talking to different franchisees across the country is really the the icing on on this uh, pandemic cake.
0: We we share that sentiment as Zach and I live on the road uh, across our across our our franchise world, and uh, a lot of that is conferences, which mm-hmm. we have conferences that we kind of talked about at the top of the house. We'd love to have you guys come join. By the way. Um, but we're back out on the road. We're, we're bringing our podcast back in person because we prefer to do it in person and there's nothing that replaces it and it's amazing. But Sam, what
4: say you? Um, I say it's my kids. I have three kids, all grown, married, and they all live out of the state. And so, I and three grandkids, one on the way. So I love getting out, going up to visit them, going hiking with them, just, kind of enjoying their lives right now because they're just in the beginning of their phase of being married and and so that's tons of fun for me and that's what my wife and I love to do
0: beautiful well for the folks listening in the audience we're going to cue the outro music visit massageenvy.com it was an absolute pleasure to host you guys we'd like to touch base sometime next year and see how it's going and thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for
4: having us thanks ryan thanks zach